0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Comexis Cast Daily for Friday, October 13th, 2017. All the news you need to know from our inbox to yours. I'm Matthew McGrady, the videographer and podcaster here at Comexis, and today I am joined by the lead strategist at Comexis, Philip Brooks. Good morning. And the president of Comexis, Len Ward. Good morning. So our first story today, an open letter to the advertising agency. Yeah, so um, several of the
1: larger uh, industry, advertising industry groups have put together sort of an open letter um, that pushes agencies and ad creators to self-regulate by creating better content, um, basically in preparation for a lot of the browsers now are beginning op- are, are to offer their own ad blockers. Uh, and the standards by which they use those ad blockers are what, you know, what determines whether or not it's a, what's a vi- viable ad and what isn't um, is kind of up in the air. So we, you know, as an industry in self-regulation, at least we can control that, that narrative and say, hey, look, these are what we feel like are bad practices um, as opposed to letting the browsers make that choice. So uh, I, I think it's an interesting push. It's something they've been doing already. The Coalition for Better Ads has been around for a while. Um, I think it's more just, again, it's, it's Geared towards user experience, um, but it, I, I think it's a wise move to kind of get out in front of that and say, "Hey, look, you know, we don't want the browser to determine what is considered good ads or no, what's considered our, our standards. Let's determine our own, and we have we can control our own destiny, so to speak." So, uh, you know, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad move at all. But I, I'm curious to see what everybody agrees upon, uh, what those standards should be.
0: Yeah, I mean. Uh, if i'm not mistaken doesn't google have doesn't google use the coalition of better ad standard i do. could be wrong yeah they do
1: they do to some extent but again you know we don't we really want to understand see the back end. yeah we don't yeah. see what they're okay. actually doing understand. and how they're weighting those those decisions um, but it's you know it's interesting just to kind of see what you know i would love to see what we think are the best ad practices, standard practices, as opposed to what browsers say are the users want. I think that's a that gap right there. The, the, whatever that is, is going to be very fascinating to see what people want to see and what people think are actually acceptable.
0: Yeah. All right. So our second story for today is a little bit about DSW and influencer marketing.
1: Yeah. Um, so this is I, I kind of want to just use this as an over as 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 an entryway into a, a larger discussion about influencer marketing. We've we've talked about influencer marketing uh, a bit. Uh, I have a couple of blog posts on our blog, uh, please feel free to check it out, we'll link it in the post. Yep. Um, but influencer marketing is kind of a murky, uh, you know, strategy at this point point. you know, it, certainly we've seen it work very well for people. Um, in this article specifically states some of the great numbers that the DSW is getting with it. Um, it looks like they went from f- uh, 29 million point one uh, spending in influencer Influencer marketing um, from the year prior, so it's you know that's a huge chunk of what they're spending towards in towards you know influencer marketing. And, so
0: and, and Pinterest also just came out with. Uh... I want to say it's the pin cushion, I think, um, which is basically like a creator studio Mm -hmm. for influencers. So, I mean, clearly some people are giving it a shot.
1: Yeah. So let's, let's, let's kind of take a step back real quick and just talk about what influencer marketing is. So um, what influencer marketing is, is, is you find uh, somebody on a social media platform or somebody has their own amplification process, either blog. Uh, social media, a, a popular interest, Pinterest channel or Instagram channel, and you essentially pay them to, for ad placement within their content. So they may uh, you know, write a blog post where they talk about your product or they review your product or, and you provide it to them for free, um, and you take advantage of their audience by you know, th- their ability to amplify your content out there through their own audience. Um, and there's been a lot of studies that say you know people that are considered uh, trustworthy or people trust influencers, um, you know they tend to buy what their what their their heroes you know tend to, tend to like so. Um, you know, the, the thought process behind it makes perfect sense to me. I understand exactly why people would do this. Um, however, there's a lot of doubt as to the veracity of how these influencers not only grew their markets and grew their audiences, but how real accurate, really accurate some of these kind of second and third tier influencers actually are. You know, if you're dealing directly with a celebrity, I get that. That's a, that's a big push, you know, that's, but, you know, some of these huge blog networks that like these mommy blogs and things like that, you know, how, how, we don't really have a lot of studies on how accurate those, those influencer numbers are as opposed to, you know, how they built their, if they built their audiences organically or anything like that. And, you know, we, one of the posts that we talked about a few weeks ago, and Matt, Matt will go a little bit more into this because we were talking about it earlier. Uh, You know how actually accurate some of those numbers might be, you know, you don't
0: really know what you're buying Yeah, there there was a study that we we showed in in the roundup um, uh, Probably about a month month and a half ago Uh, Basically, uh, this company created two fake Instagram accounts. One was a travel blog and one was sort of like a a modeling fashion fashion blog Um, and they were all um, set up in a day. So the model uh, fashion blog was a one day shoot with a, a local model. And then the f- travel blog was all stock photos where they had, I believe it was a, a blonde woman, um, but never looking at the camera. So you never got a sense of who it mm-hmm. was. It was just the, the places and it was all stock photos. Um, and they bought uh, interactions and follower counts. Um, and they they also went into, you know, the, if you could buy them in bulk from this cheap company and you'll just get them like, XYZ that mm-hmm. amount of time later, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and by the end of it, this was probably over about a month, month and a half, um, the fashion blogger had gotten offers of totaling about $500. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the travel blogger got about $300. Um, so, you know, I. There was no way for these companies to um, verify whether or not these were even real people, <laughs> and yet they were willing to sort of throw, throw money. At. money yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there, there were people manning the accounts when it mm-hmm. came to like direct messages and stuff like that, but the content itself was completely fake. Mm
2: the 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 problem with this influencer marketing though know, it is where the future's going. I mean if you go look, you know, I, I fall back on the the generation of 7 and we're going young, you know, or even 5 to 18, what they're watching on YouTube is their new TV. Mm-hmm. What these people are doing or you know whether they it's the stupid joke, stupid prank, the drop thing, the open the box, whatever you want to call it, these people are growing. I mean, I forgot oh, the yeah. one gentleman who, he made, I think he made some racist comments or anti-Semitic oh, comments. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> you, know, and, and, you know, and rightfully, he, everything should have been pulled, but you, you know, these people, this is growing. This trend is growing. So, if you're a B2C and you're selling products where you're targeting certain teenagers, you have to be really careful when you're going and investing in this influencer marketing because, yeah, your dollars need to be here on certain Mm -hmm. ones, but, you know, Philip and Matt are right. I mean, some of this stuff is is just bad, but it's something, it's another in the long line of we are nothing short of the wild, wild west right now, Mm -hmm. and it's another thing ad agencies have to go through and say, okay, is this the right thing or not the right right thing, but um, you are right. It's, you can really go to Odesk, any of these people and really have your, your numbers inflated really quick for about a thousand
1: bucks. Yeah. And the and the flip side of that is, is if you're a retailer or you're somebody that's looking at using influencer marketing as a, as a strategy, you really need to do your due diligence about these channels and these people that are running them. Because as Len said, he just put up a perfect example, Pew PewDie, who's one of the most, I think he's probably the most at one point popular gaming channel on YouTube. Yeah. Um, you know, you throw all your money behind that guy. And he goes down, he's pulling your brand down with him, mm-hmm. you know, because it looks like you, you've, you've given him tacit, you know, kind of uh, endorsement. So uh, you know, you have to be very, very careful and, and make sure you look into where these audiences come from and where, and, and where these, these creators are coming into the, in the mix because if you, you know, put too much money behind somebody, they, they really, really could, you know,
0: affect your brand. absolutely. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to today's episode of the Comexus Cast Daily. Check us out next week for more of the trending news. Have a great day.